Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass fed, grass finished beef, organic free range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western Honey. Hey guys, today we caught up with the one and only Sammy Joe from Arizona. We get into our first hunt, empowerment through powerlifting, and the pursuit of a new passion. So we're on with Sammy Johnson out of Arizona. Uh, Sammy, thanks for joining us. No problem. We followed you on your story um, as much as we could to this point on built to hunt we interviewed Jeff yes. Moran co-owner a couple weeks back and he gave us the background so we're super excited to be on the phone with you and to hear about your hunt but first off let's hear about Sammy uh, give us some background and uh, yeah there you go it's all you oh all right so I was raised in northeastern Nevada very rural ranch I rodeoed um, Moved to Arizona, played college basketball, um, and then got into the fitness world about eight years ago, did bikini figure shows, and then decided that um, I like to eat and I don't really like to diet down too much. And so I started powerlifting and I've been doing that since around 2013. Um, And then I recently just got back into team roping. So um, I'm lifting and powerlifting and team roping right now. Nice. So the powerlifting yeah. is that competitive or is that just a side hobby? Um, it has pretty much from day one, it was competitive. 
So I started training and then did my first meet 12 weeks later. And then wow, pretty much went hardcore for quite a few years. And you also coach. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I coach, um, athletes. Yeah. So I've been doing that. Oh gosh. I think I started doing that in like 2015. I started coaching. Nice. Yeah. And, and primarily female athletes or are you do men yeah. too? Or? So I, um, I pretty much coach most all women. I do coach men as well, but, um, the percentage is fairly low on men. Um, so most, most of my athletes are females. Mm-hmm. That's probably some macho thing on our end. Yes. Some, <laughs> sometimes I think so. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. That's all right, macho so. Thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so awesome. So powerlifting. So we were talking and our first few episodes have been about preparation, um, and fitness, uh, right. What's more important than, uh, fitness on January 1st of any year outside of talking about a hangover. Uh, it's yeah. usually people's failed new year's resolutions. Yeah. And most of the people that we've been talking to have a lifestyle of fitness, if you will. Um, they yeah. eat it, sleep it, drink it, breathe it every single day. Um, so why don't you give us some background on that, the importance of it to you, and then we'll go into your hunt and see how it played a part of that. Oh yeah. So, I mean, my fitness, it goes way, way back. And, um, it really started out with just college basketball. The first time I picked up a weight was when I went to college and played basketball. So that would have been in like 2005, Mm -hmm. um, picked up a weight. And at that point it was just, it was for a sport. It wasn't really anything else to be strong or anything. It was just to be in shape. Um, and then I went through a really, really bad breakup and ended up moving to Nevada to live with my family. And I got a gym at a job or a job at a gym. Mm -hmm. And the owner told me, if you work here, you have to do like bikini competitions. Like you have to compete NPC and do the bodybuilding stuff. And I was like, cool. That's if you train. Well, he was actually like strongman powerlifting bodybuilder. So he trained me for the show as if I was strongman powerlifter bodybuilder. So Mm -hmm. I was lifting heavy. And at that point, like it was amazing. I just fell in love with with lifting heavy and the strength it gave me and confidence as a female, because, you know, a lot of us, when we're younger, we struggle with body issues and, um, body dysmorphia, low self-confidence, and it helped me to gain all of that. So I kind of like got hooked on it. And then when I started powerlifting, it was all about strength and not about how you looked. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, why wouldn't every single woman in this world want to do this? Why wouldn't every single person (laughs) in this world want to want to lift weights and just feel so strong mentally, physically, and just know that what you do in the gym translates over to real life. Like if I can conquer this weight and hit this squat PR, why can't I go for this new job I want or this promotion or a raise or ask this person out on a date, you know, whatever it was, it just gave you life confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I got really hooked on that. Um, And that just translated over into everything into my life. Um, And so I continued to do that for years. And then coaching, I was able to show women really what powerlifting did for you. And to me, it wasn't coaching someone to just get strong on the platform and get strong in the gym. It was coaching them to love themselves and, and to be very much 
so confident in who they are and what they stood for and just really figure out who they were and be able to go into life with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been like, to me, it's been so amazing to help people do that as well. Um, and so when we got going for this hunt, I, I knew that I knew it was going to be challenging, but I, I was confident going into it because I knew that I had strength. I knew I had stamina. I had been doing conditioning workouts. Um, I had lost a little bit of weight. And so I, I knew going into it, I was going to be okay. But once I got into it, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like you think you're prepared for it. And then you get out there and you're like, no, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Totally, but I'm so totally happy. World. Yes. But I'm so happy that I had been training the way I was because if I hadn't been, I would have struggled so hard. Yeah. That, so on these last few podcasts, that's one of the things we were, we've been trying to break down is you look at hypertrophy training, endurance training, strength training, yeah. and that's everything we see. And then you go out and you go hunt and there's no integration of that actual aspect, you know, side no. hill in or putting on a stock and moving really slow, getting those stabilizers yeah. moving. Yep. So it's crazy, right? Stair mill. Yeah. But what about the negative side of that going downhill? So yeah. that's it's And I have been, I'm really fortunate because where I live within, you know, a mile or so we have some pretty decent hills that we can go hike and, um, so I hiked a little bit, but I had not, I got my hunting boots and I did not have a chance to go hike in them. Oof. So I tried to like wear them around. Um, like when I was going to feed horses or, you know, do whatever it was, I would make sure I would wear them. That way I kind of got a feel for them. But thankfully when we got out there, they were, I didn't have a problem with it, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have blisters. My feet are going to be <laughs> tore up, but it ended up not being too bad. Thankfully. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the boots now are, are just engineered great. So you don't have that big break in period like you did years. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to step us back. Right. And, and one of the things that's important to me, um, is, and I don't want to say your message, but for the lack of a better phrase, your message. So, um, yeah. we only talked very briefly before getting on. Um, so I had to do a level of trolling, which I told you, um, <laughs> and some of the messages you have on your punchy blonde, uh, Instagram. I mean, they, they gave me the chills. Um, the one in particular that stands out is, uh, when you're talking about the number on the scale, um, and I told you I'm a loving husband and father, um, yep. and, and my females, my women don't, <laughs> as far as I know, don't show that issue, but I think it's yeah. a very important message. And I think it's a strong message just to women in general. Um, and then what you just said, you know, as you were giving us, uh, the background is translating that power lifting into everyday life. So please yeah please shed some light on that entire statement, um, that I just made. It wasn't really a question. I didn't really segue (laughs) into that, but I think you can deliver that message way better, uh, than I can to our, our female audience. Well, I'll kind of like step back to you. So when I was in, when I got into like the bikini figure competitions, um, I was like gung ho in the beginning because I didn't know any different. So going, and then you start, it's very like aesthetic focus. So you're focused on how you look Mm -hmm. and in focusing on how you look, you tend to put a really big focus on the scale. So it becomes a number. 
And if you're not losing weight and you're not looking how you want to, you start to get obsessed. Um, and when I was in prep for my second show, I ended up developing an eating disorder, which is something that is very common for a lot of women and a lot of men in that industry. And even outside of that industry, you put so much pressure on yourself to really reach this unattainable goal of how you should look perfect and your weight should be low and all of these things. So you put so much emphasis on that. And then you become obsessed and you start doing cardio and you start, you know, having eating disorders and all of these things. And so I had caught myself, thankfully, before it got too bad. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not the right way to go about stuff. You should not be doing this stuff to reach a goal. Mm -hmm. So when I found powerlifting, it was like, the, you know, the heaven's gates had opened. I'm like, nobody <laughs> cares what I look like. Nobody cares what my weight is. Like all they care about is me going out onto this platform and conquering a weight that I thought I never could do. So, and at that, it was just a huge turning point in my life that I started to realize, you know, women have such societal pressure to look a certain way, to have your hair a certain way, to not be overweight, to not be any of these things. And we focus on that. So we focus on what we aren't instead of what we can be. And that scale, that number, that becomes so meaningful to people. And they put a lot of meaning to it right. when it really is only a tool. And so to me, it was like, you know what? The only reason I even care about that scale is to make sure you know I'm in my weight class for powerlifting. And other than that, I want my focus, my mental focus, my physical focus to just be strong. I want to be a strong person. And whatever happens, what my body will follow, what my mind is focusing on. And my body got very strong and my mind got really strong. And I didn't focus on the scale at all. And it was just taking that, taking that meaning away from a number. Mm -hmm. And realizing that it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have anything to do with your worth as a person. If you're, you know, five, 10 pounds overweight, it doesn't mean that you're worthless. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're not worthy of someone loving you or you're not worthy of wearing a certain type of clothing or having a certain job, you know, doing anything. Like a lot of people think, oh, I'm overweight. I can't do this. Right. No, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that. It just... It's just a number. That's just what it is. I think that translates. I'm sorry. I think that translates to men as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not that most of us will admit it, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and men is a little different because, I mean, obviously when, if you're overweight and you don't feel comfortable, sometimes that has, you don't have as much confidence. And also the reverse, like sometimes men feel inadequate because they don't have big muscular arms and a big chest, or they don't look like a bodybuilder, or, you know, whatever it is. And they, they don't feel strong because they're not big, right? which is so unfortunate. Cause it's like, you are who you are, you know, you can always improve yourself in ways, but don't, because this is where you're at in your life right now. doesn't mean that you're a worthless person. That's a, that's a wonderful, and I'm not just saying it, but that's a wonderful message, right? I mean, that, that's so important. 
um, yeah. for people to hear. And that's one of the reasons, I mean, it's kind of off topic when it comes to, you know, Western hunting. But <laughs> yes. There's no way that seeing that, I, I just couldn't avoid having that little bit of a conversation about it. So I apologize for taking you off the hunt. But Oh, uh, no problem. We'll, we will definitely go back because there's another topic I want to get into. So let's get back to the hunt. So um, tell us how it came about. Who, what, when, you know, how did it so, all come together? Yeah. So Jeff and Mike with built to hunt. Um, they're the ones that kind of came up with the concept. They reached out to shy who was my mentor on the hunt, um, and kind of told her what they wanted. And because she's a power lifter, she's been in the fitness industry too. They wanted, you know, her opinion on who would be a good person to bring out for the hunt. So, um, shy and I have known each other now for about seven years. Um, and so she reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in doing this. And I was like, oh, heck yeah, sign me up. I had, you know, I had grown up around it. My dad went hunting. He would take my brother hunting. And I never really got to go on any of the hunts. Um, and it was just something I always wanted to do. Um, so when I had the opportunity, I, I took it. So you didn't have a, you know, a lot of what we see is hunting is up against it, so to speak. Um, you didn't have a negative outlook on it. It was just something you no. hadn't got after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never really had it because it was just, I mean, I grew up on a ranch, you know, I grew up where, you know, whatever you kill, you eat, you know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a, it was a part of my life and I, I I've never really had, um, a negative view of it at all. So, and, and if it's too personal, just tell me you're not answering it. Do you go, dad, you took brother out, you know, how come I didn't get this experience? (laughs) No, you know, I think it was like, so I grew up rodeoing and team roping and and doing all that stuff. And I think that, you know, that was mine and my dad's thing. Uh My brother really wasn't too into it. Um, and so I think like the hunting part was like my dad and my brother seemed to do, gotcha. you know, that was their way to spend time together. And so I was never, and I think at that time, I mean, I was so young at that point. I think I was six, seven, eight around there. You know, I didn't really, I didn't even think about it, you know, um, until I got older, I was like, man, I wish I could have gone, right. but <laughs> I had the opportunity now. So that's what matters. Yeah, definitely is what matters. Yeah. So Shy mentored the hunt and Shy is, she's from Idaho, correct? So Shy, yeah, she's from Idaho. She mentored me and then her husband, Kevin, was the guide okay. on our hunt. Yeah. That's cool. So with Idaho, yeah. um, they do a, a new hunter mentor program. You don't, you don't need a safety course. You don't need a hunter's license or a, a yeah, hunting license. Um, you just have yeah. to go for an interview. How does that all work? Well, so we went in, I had to get a, like a passport license. Um, and so with the passport license, I believe I could be wrong on a few of these things. Um, but I believe with the passport, you have to hunt with a mentor and the mentor has to have a hunting license. And so, um, so we were able to make that work with everyone that was originally involved, which was really great. And so, um, we ended up actually having some issues with it because in Idaho, what we had, we had a landowner permission tag, like a permission to hunt. Uh So we went in from what Jeff was told, everything was fine. So we went in for me to get my passport license and, um, Apparently, 
there's two different type of landowner tags. The one we had, I was not able to hunt on. It was supposed to be a landowner appreciation tag. Um, so, which was, it was very, they're basically the same things. Um, but apparently as a controlled hunt, you can't hunt on the landowner permission to hunt tag, which is what we had. So Jeff ended up having to call and talk to a bunch of people because it was very confusing. And, um, they ended up actually overriding it and granting us the oh. tag and we were able to hunt. Thanks. Thankfully. Cool. Yeah. Good job. Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we went after the hunt, we went and talked to them. Um, and, uh, they just said, you know, we, we put different policies in place and, and some of them work and some of them don't. And this one's been in place for a few years and, and, you know, it's just one of the ones that apparently is not working. So I think it's something that they're going to discuss probably, um, changing. That's oh, awesome. That's I mean, cool. they had the wherewithal yeah. to say, Hey, we're impeding this. This is, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That was really nice. Cause it, it would have been very challenging for us to, um, get the tag and actually go hunt if they wouldn't have done that for us. Um, and where did you hunt in Idaho? Do you know the area? Uh, outside of Boise. Yeah. So we were in Boise the week. Um, and so it was, it was outside of Boise. So why don't you take us on the hunt with you? <laughs> <laughs> I was taken on. You'd have to talk to Jeff about that. <laughs> So no no no. What I'm saying is, take us on the hunt. Let's let's you know oh, how did it oh, how did it play why out? Why didn't you take us? I was like, no, I wish I no. could have. I wish I could have taken everybody. Yeah, hey, so, we'll, we'll always um, say that. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, you can so, take everybody right here. Um, right. Yeah, we'll just a big group of us go. I don't think the hunt would be too successful if we did. That. Yeah, it's, it's a little harder with a bunch of people. Yeah. So we um we got out there. We got it there a little later, just within the winter months, you know, the everyone's not moving real fast, you know, it's cold. And so we waited a little bit, sun came up, it warmed up a bit. Um, and we got out there. Oh man, it was so windy, so windy. So at that point we knew we kind of had to find out where they were and then get, uh, what downwind, upwind. Uh -huh. down, I don't remember. Downwind. I don't know why I just forgot that direction. Or upwind. Um, upwind. Right now, I'm <laughs> you confuse me. <laughs> we needed to get away from them yeah. so they wouldn't smell it. Right, you need to be um, downwind of them. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Um, so we started trekking along, and um, so we were on. We there was like a big saddle that went up the side of this mountain, and we were on. Um, I believe that would have been the east side. Um, and when we were on the east side, we spotted them. And so we knew we needed to go to the west side of the saddle. And we kind of had seen like the little side saddles that shot up and we found which one we needed to go in. Well, we ended up going up one too early. So we thought we were on it and we're going and we're going like straight up this mountain and we get to the top and realize we're still super far away. Oh. So we actually started to, we were going to go on the other side of the ridge well, we started going and then there was like 30 deer just hanging out. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, we, they had spotted us. So we ended up having to come back and like sprint down into the next saddle just to get out of their view. So we wouldn't spook them. And, um, so we, we successfully did that. Um, so when we came up out of that part, we ended up, I think we were around like 330 yards. 
So they wanted to get the shot down. Um, just especially cause where we were, there was a lot of wind. And so we ended up kind of coming back down around this ridge and, uh, we had to crawl hands and feet or hands and knees over this little part and get to the rock. And we cut it down to, I believe it was like 254 yards. Mm-hmm. So set up for the shot. This was my second time ever using a scope and the first time ever shooting this gun. So it was scopes are very weird for me. Um, and so I, we finally, we got it in and, and there was three of them there. And so the one that, that I ended up with, um, she was a little older. So, um, and we really wanted to be conscious of, of conservation. And, um, so I took the shot and I hit her on the first shot, which was amazing to me. Um, and so she, she went down pretty quick and, uh, we went over there and I'm like, Hey guys, like, this is the first time I've ever, like, I mean, she's this big game. Like I've never killed anything big before. Right. So I just asked him like, can I have a moment with her? Like, I just, I just want a moment. And, uh, you know, just very wanting to be very respectful. Um, and as soon as I got up to her and just like ran my hand across her, I lost it. I started crying. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, it wasn't because I was, you know, sad or upset or anything. It was just like very powerful and very emotional. And we had, um, we had had a barbecue the night before, um, and a bunch of hunters came over and we all sat down and talked and, um, and a lot of people that I had conversations with had told me that, you know, it is, it is an emotional thing. It's an emotional connection that you have. And, um, so yeah, it was very overwhelming and I, I definitely cried, <laughs> but it was, um, it was really cool. It was, it was a really cool moment for me. Um, and then, uh, Kevin came over and, and helped and we, we harvested the meat and then, uh, we all packed out pretty much a quarter. We took the hide as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, thank goodness we had, um, we had initial ascent. They, they gave our bags for us and or our packs and those things were so comfortable, so comfortable. Cause like we packed out, I think we packed out like three miles and it was pretty much almost dark by the time we started. So we didn't stop very much. Um, but they were super comfortable. I didn't even get like bruises or anything like that. So, um, we ended up packing out, but right when we got to the vehicle, we lost all daylight. It was pitch black. Yeah. Good pack will make or break that, uh, that first experience for sure. Oh man. Yeah. And, um, and that was the first time shy had used their packs as well. And she was extremely impressed. So there so. was, so there was, uh, initial ascent built to hunt sportsman's Alliance. Was there anyone else that contributed to that, that first time um, effort? Yeah. Girls with guns, girls with guns. Um, they gave us all of our camo. So shy and I were head to toe, um, girls with guns camo. And thankfully like that kept us so warm. Um, cause it, I mean, it was chilly out that day. The wind was blowing and 
we really didn't have any problem at all, which was um, awesome. Cause I'm from Arizona and Idaho is not my, <laughs> it is not my climate. <laughs> right. So I was warm all day long, which was cool. And then sportsman's Alliance actually, um, gave us knives as well. And, um, that's what we used for the harvest. The harvest. Did you, yeah. did you take part in that or how much, yes. how much coaching yes, did I you did. get through that or. Kevin, um, he helped me a lot through that. So Shy mentored me through the whole, like up to the shot, uh-huh. which was amazing. And she used some really good, like powerlifting cues and stuff, um, that helped me translate over to, to the shot. Um, and then actually Kevin, um, really helped me a lot, just walking me through the harvest and, and how to do it. And, um, I learned a ton for That's sure. Awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's very atypical for someone to go out their first time, lay the elk down in the first shot with, yeah. with zero, almost zero rifle experience. And then to sit there and harvest their own animal, usually somebody, you know, with Tony, um, he harvested his first, but yeah. he had seen it a few times prior to that. Yeah. But that's, that's awesome. It was I understand like my experience was not very, not very much like a typical first time experience. Um, and I 100% attribute that to, to Kevin guiding and shy mentoring. Um, like if it wasn't for him knowing the area and, and kind of have any idea where the elk had been and stuff like that, getting us to the right position, I would have never been able to have that shot. And if it wasn't for shy, like, she walked me through like how to brace for the shot, uh, where I need to be up to the scope, um, how like the trigger on that gun. And so with all of that and the cues that I got and, and the help from them, I was, you know, I was able to have a successful hunt. Yeah. But that's important, right? I mean, when you talk about, yeah. you know, a, a new hunter or hunter recruitment, um, somebody that goes out there on their own and struggles for two, three years is less likely yeah. to continue after the frustrating, you know, I bought all this gear, I put all this time out doing nothing and they kind of throw in the towel. So I think that's, that's yeah. huge that, that they were able to give you all the tools necessary. I don't, and to me, and no offense, but it almost sounds like you're belittling your hunt when you say that. Um, and I, I think it's awesome. And I think that's the way, you know, if that was available in more states, uh, I think that's yeah. huge. It's wonderful. And then they mm-hmm. took their time yeah. to do it. That's just phenomenal. So, yes. Well, and like I translate it because I'm, I'm a powerlifting coach and I've been fortunate enough to have great coaches for, you know, I went out and, and then found some great coaches for powerlifting and, you know, I think about people coming into a sport or, you know, hunting or whatever it is, you're only going to get so far on your own because, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You don't really know what equipment you need. You don't really know where to go. And so, yeah, you can be successful, but it's going to take you a lot longer and you might not learn things that you really need to know. So the value in having somebody to mentor you, to teach you is invaluable. You know, you're, Cause what can happen is say somebody goes out for their first hunt and they're with people that don't know what they're doing or they go out on their own and maybe they have a horrible experience. They're done. The, they're not back. Yeah. They're not going to come back. They're not. So that's like the same. If someone decides to prep themselves for their first powerlifting meet, they go to their meet, they have the wrong shoes. They don't have a singlet. They don't have all this equipment they need. They're going to have a horrible experience and they're probably going to stop powerlifting. Right. Yeah. Oh, and so if you're having someone to help, yeah, prepare you for it, you're, 
your percentage of success is a lot higher and the likelihood that you're going to continue is a lot higher as well. Yeah. There's, and there's a big play on the whole DIY thing with hunting uh, at the moment. You know, I did it myself. Yeah. I did this myself. And I mean, that's great, especially if you have the, the base knowledge down. But, you know, to go out and struggle and say it's DIY, that's just a struggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's oh, some... I can tell you right now, if it wasn't for who I was with, I would have had a horrible day. <laughs> it would not have gone the way it went <laughs> at all. So what what do you what's your plans with it now? Are you are you going to pursue hunting further down the line are you getting your hunter safety so i will be doing my hunter safety and the cool so the one of the really cool things that came out of this hunt like my dad was so proud of me i brought home you know elk steaks and elk meat he was so excited so we actually sat down and kind of had a conversation i told him like this is i really enjoyed it and it's something i want to do and he he told me that there, you know, they do have deprivation tags out here that we can get that are close to the area i'm in um and he, you know, he's done it before and we were actually started planning our first hunt together. Awesome. awesome. That's there cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is that big brother or little brother that's eating his heart out now? Uh, <laughs> my big brother. My that's big awesome. brother. Yeah. yeah. I was, when I was trolling you, I saw dad wearing the Sitka hat and I was like, all right, there we go, pops. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. My dad, my dad's pretty awesome. So anything in your training um, that helped you on the hunt with powerlifting, the mental aspect of it? Uh, I know you said you were glad you were in the shape you were in, but it wasn't near what you thought. Yeah. So I actually, in the end of September, I had moved from California out to Arizona. Um, And since I've been out here, I have lost 30 pounds. So just purposely, you know, being more active, I kind of adjusted my training a little bit. Um, so having a lighter body weight helped a ton. Um, and then my training as well as having like the powerlifting aspect. So a lot of barbell movements, Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of conditioning training. Um, so really like pushing my body very hard and getting my heart rate up. Um, and that helped a lot because when we were out there, I mean, just, just doing squats, you know, or bench or, or deadlifts is not going to prepare you to, uh, climb straight up a hill. Right. Or go down. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, having the conditioning in there helped a ton because, um, my body was a lot more prepared for, you know, different angles of movement and different speeds of movement as well. Um, so that helped a lot going into it but i mean it's not you can only do so much to prepare until you're out there right yeah and then it's like to me what happened like i'm i'm a competitive person i'm a very strong-willed person and my thing going into it was i like i know these people go out and hunt i know this is something that's i would not be the one to slow them down so i was like i don't care what you do i don't care how bad you're hurting your legs i don't care like you are going to keep up with them or be close to the front of everything. And Jeff's a um, beast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeff and Kevin, they, oh man, Mike, Jeff was a little bit slowed down because he was actually filming some stuff and Mike, poor Mike was carrying all around all the camera equipment. So he, he was struggling a bit too, but man, I like, that was my goal is I wanted to keep up with him. So, uh, I pre- I didn't stop until they stopped, um, So I think, you know, having that strong mentality of you go 
and you keep pushing and you don't stop was that carried over to this very well. So yeah. that plays into, and, and I, I'm sure when I bring this up that it, it's going to upset some people that plays into <laughs> Hunter or Huntress, right? So yeah. it drives me crazy. Um, but a female hunting is a hunter. A woman hunting Absolutely. is a hunter. Uh, you're out yeah. there doing the same thing. You got the same mental drive, right? You're, you're explaining that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you where do you see women uh, in that whole realm there between that hunter and huntress <sighs> debacle? So I'm going to go back to how I was raised. I was raised never to look at myself as as a gender. So I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I like, if I'm going for, you know, team roping or whatever it is, because I roped against grown men, it was, if you want to beat them, you better work harder and you better be better than they are. And it wasn't like, Oh, well, you know, you're a girl. So it's okay. If you lose, it was like, no, I don't care if I'm 10 years old and a female and they're grown men that are 40 or 50, like I'm going to work just as hard as they are or harder to beat them. So I was never raised to like separate gender. Um, and so when I like empower lifting, when I'm going into this, you know, I'm like, okay, you put your head down and you work. This is not about attention. This is not about anything. So you work hard and that's how you gain respect. And so when I start seeing all of these things with like the hunter huntress and like with powerlifting, it's become so, you know, man and woman and fitness industry and all this stuff. And, and people have started like sexualizing the sport or sexualizing the industry. And I can't stand it. It's like, it's, you're in something not for necessarily for recognition of it. If you love it, you're in it and you're going to work hard for it for the respect of how hard you work, mm -hmm. not for anything other than that. Not because you're in the backyard or on the lakefront <laughs> in a bikini shooting a bow. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous that, you know, you have like women in thongs posing and they're putting like a Bible quote underneath it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like your butt has nothing to do with the Bible. Like <laughs> that was just a reason for you to post your butt on social media. Like right. that's all it is. It's just, it's, it's for attention. It drives me nuts. for attention. It's for likes, it's for followers. Um, and they do all this stuff. So they're, they can get sponsors or they can do all these things, but it's like, I have no respect for people that do that at all and it, it's i don't know from a from a man's standpoint um i mean when i look at my wife and i look at my daughter and i'm going i, I don't get why people are okay with this i don't understand why no. this is okay when when a man can can put on you know his camos and shoot his bow or he's in jeans and a t-shirt you know practicing at the range and then you know the lady's standing next to him and she has to be in a bikini top it, it just it drives no it drives me what, crazy what it comes down to is hard work isn't sexy so people don't want to respect hard work anymore but it is yeah it, 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 it is. is i i love it and to me like if i'm going to go out and do something and accomplish something and I work my butt off for it, I'm going to respect that win. I'm going to respect, and I want people to respect that part of it. Not because like, 
like, okay, let's take, for instance, like sponsorships, right? So I was sponsored by one of the largest equipment, like lifting equipment companies in the industry. And that was when they, when I contacted them, they didn't ask me for, you know, my social media following. They didn't ask me for any of that. What they asked me for was my resume of competitions. And so I sent them the meets I did, what my totals were, what world records I had, where I was in world standings, um, all of these different things. And that's how I got the sponsorship. Not because, you know, I'm sponsored by some supplement company because I'm putting a protein thing on my counter while I'm in a bikini top. Right. You know, to me, it was like, like you earned that, you earned that, not just being some half naked chick on Instagram, getting sponsorships. Right. Real assets and not assets. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it amounts to. I mean, that's a that's a rough topic for me. I take that one, like I said, I take that personally because of my family, and it's just I'm glad it makes me happy to see women that are out there doing the same thing, putting in the same effort, and they value being a hunter more than the social media thing. I mean, and and unfortunately we just live in a time where that is so important to everyone. Well, and it's so frustrating because it's like, I understand like being a a feminist because that's what women want to be seen, you know, and all this stuff. And, but as a woman, I don't ever want to tell anybody I'm a feminist because now there's like feminazis. And those are the ones that are just so hardcore that want to be so separate that that's the only reason why there's like a huntress title and not everyone's just a hunter. Like I never thought about it like that. It, it, I mean, everyone, you know, women now, like, and I'm a strong woman. I was raised by a strong woman. I have strong women surrounding me. And not one of those strong women has ever taught me to use my gender for anything. All it has ever been is if you want to accomplish anything in life, you work hard for it. And that's it. That, and that's, that's and for that's everyone. It. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's, there's no... There's no emphasis on anything else but hard work. Sammy Joe, you just gave me the chills. <laughs> <laughs> I am serious. That is just so important, right? I mean, it, that's kind of a tangent for us to go off on, but I, I can't emphasize how how strongly uh, important that is for not just for me to hear, but for everyone to hear. I mean, that's it's just huge. Yeah, I agree. That, that's crazy. Um, so. What's next? We started talking about it. You're going to pursue the uh, predation tags. Um, you have plans to maybe mentor somebody? You know, at this point, um, <laughs> I'm going to go back to powerlifting. I waited two over two years to start coaching because I respected the sport so much that I did not want to get into it. And then just all of a sudden I'm a coach, you know? Um, and there are a lot of people in powerlifting that do one meet and do, you know, okay. And now they're a coach. And I'm like, you don't, you've been to one meet. That's all you've ever done. You have no platform experience. You have no, you know, sport experience. So why would I ever hire you to coach me? So to me, I respect, you know, hunting a lot. 
Um, cause I mean, now that I've seen, you know, what my dad did when he was younger. Um, and, and now I've, I've done it, you know, I, I respect it so much that I don't feel that I understand enough to mentor someone. Um, so I would never want to disrespect hunting to just all of a sudden like, Hey, I'll mentor somebody on a hunt. Like I would love to be able to share my experience with people to get into it because I think hunting is something that needs to continue for a very long time. Um, but I definitely do not know enough, um, to ever like, you know, bring somebody into it or, or show them how to do it. I leave that to other people at this point. And once, you know, once I can get a few more under my belt and if I was actually able to go out and do a hunt on my own, um, and I felt comfortable, then, then absolutely. I would love to mentor someone because I think this is, I think hunting is very misunderstood. Oh yeah. Um, and this is something like shy and I've talked about, I talked to Jeff about it as well. Um, and to create, so I lost a ton of followers when I posted the picture of me with my elk and I knew that was going to happen. Congratulations. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> see you later. I was talking to Jeff and I'm like, it's like cleansing, right? Like this is who I am and this is what I do. And, and if you don't agree with my life path and you know, don't follow me, I don't care. Damn right. But it's like a ton of those people were power lifters. Um, and a lot of them eat meat. So they just want to go to the store and buy it and go home and cook it. They don't want to understand. And I stopped eating a lot of meat, um, a while ago because I'm like, this stuff is just garbage. All the hormones, everything they do, all the stuff you're getting, it's just crap. And so, and at that time, like hunting wasn't even on my mind. Um, so, you know, you don't think of like, oh, I can go out and actually get high quality meat. So when this hunt came about, I'm like, heck yeah. Like, I'm so excited to be able to stock my freezer full of high quality meat that I brought home. Right. Like I went out and and hunted this animal and harvested it. And I brought it home and I'm actually able to give my family high quality food. Like that to me was very, very important. Real um, organic grass fed right there. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, you know where it came from, you know where it's been. Um, and so to me, it's like, it's so important for people to realize like hunting is not, you're just going out and, and shooting whatever's there. It's not about that. It's, you know, there's actually a lot that goes into it. Um, it is not a barbaric process at all. It's actually, you know, it's very clean. It's very ethical. Um, and like I told you before, it's an Amer- it's a very emotional experience. Yeah, it's um, more, I, I would say in e- ethics wise, it's probably quite a bit more ethical than slaughtering a, slaughter. a cow or a pig, yeah. even the grass fed, right? Everybody's on the organic grass fed stuff at, you know, all yeah. these markets, but you know, you can't, you can't compare that in any way, shape or form as far as ethics go into a clean one shot kill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, on that. I 100% and, agree. And then the emotional part of it, and it's not just a woman thing for people listening, right? Uh, yeah. Tony, yeah. Tony actually just harvested his first big game animal uh, about a month ago. 
Um, and he called me and as soon as I got the call, I knew it was going on and he's <laughs> 10 yeah. seconds into telling me I got it and I could hear his <laughs> voice crackling on the other end. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's like, an amazing yeah. experience. It is. I mean, yeah. but the, you, you have a, a level of respect and yes. admiration and you're humbled by the whole thing. I mean, it all goes yeah, into absolutely. it. And yeah. I've never bought a porterhouse from any market and thanked that porterhouse for that meal. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's like, thank the chef for preparing it greatly. Right. Never. I, like, I, that whole disconnect think, is, is just crazy. Yeah. That's It's unfortunate. Yeah, just because you eat organic or grass-fed does not mean that you have a respect for that animal. It just means, oh, I'm eating what supposedly on the label says is better. Right, and you're disconnected yeah. from the whole process somehow yeah. makes you better than the hunter that's going yeah. out there and gaining, you know, his his food the way we have for, you know, thousands of years. Uh, that Yeah. A conversation I had with Jeff cuz I'm like, I mean, I I don't really I didn't know how to answer this question. I knew like this is a, you know, one of those questions unknowledgeable people ask all the time or statements people make is how could you go kill an innocent deer or anything like, you know, I'm like, how do you respond to that? And so him and I talked and he's like, their, their instinct, that's what you're, you're trying to figure out is their instincts are to run. They've survived this long. So their instincts are so far advanced from us. And so, I mean, it's, they're not little, it's not like they're just sitting there, you know, laying out sunbathing and then all of a sudden, like you sneak up and, you know, shoot them. Like you, there's a plan that goes into this. And a lot of those plans aren't successful because those animals instincts kick in and they flee yeah. and they harder. go away and they survive. A lot harder than you think. Yeah. It is very challenging. And a lot of people don't, they don't know that because they've never done it. And I can personally say, I mean, I didn't, I, I respected hunting before this, but I respect it even more now because now like that, I've actually gone through everything. Uh, like it's so much more challenging and thankfully like ours was very successful, but it could have gone another two days with us possibly not even, you know, getting a kill. It, it just, a lot of people don't understand that it, it's extremely challenging. I know plenty of All guys. They see is, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, all they see is like the trophy picture and then they, they don't, they don't know anything that went behind it. Right. Yeah. I know plenty of guys have been hunting a long time that are eating tag soup this year because it's not, you know, just walking out in the woods and taking some random pop shot. <laughs> Took me what? Yeah, five five yeah, hard exactly. years. Yeah. Five yeah. hard years for me. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not an easy task. So not at all. What, what would be your message? Or what would you say to a woman that said, well, you know, I kind of am against this, but after hearing and seeing your experience, uh, it's something that I might be interested in. You know, I would highly, highly recommend that they go forward with it. And maybe not, you know, that they go hunt themselves right away is maybe like tag along. Um, but just be open to it and be open to the process. and go out and experience it because once you actually go out and experience it, and then also like, if you go out and you're actually the one hunting, you are going to understand that it's so much more than, than what you think. And the harvest 
and your hunt was pretty quick, granted, but the yeah. harvest yeah. is just the icing on the cake, if you will, for the hunt. I mean, there's so much yeah. more when you're out there in the elements and you're really yeah. up against yourself, call it 95, 98% of the time, right? Yeah. Your, your physical ability, uh, your mental capacity when you're out there fighting that. You know, for yep. us, we go from, you know, just above sea level to 8,000, 10,000 feet. I'm not sure yeah. where you're at in Arizona. Um, but that's just icing on the cake is the harvest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So well, and then more. what people don't realize is that it's not over once you once you kill something. Yeah, it doesn't walk it's, back to the truck. <laughs> no, it's not over. So, I mean, as mentally challenging as it is up until you take that shot, it gets harder. Because when you're pegged, thankfully, there was ended up being four or five of us. So we were able to like split up the harvest and pack out. Um, so I think our packs were like maybe a hundred pounds, something like that. Um, but we were talking with Kevin and one time he packed out a full bolt by himself. And so, you know, that's where the challenging part is. That's when your legs are tired, the packs are heavy and all you want to do is just get back to a warm vehicle, but you, you, you don't have any choice, but to, to walk there. Right. So you you got to make that mental push. Yeah. It's not like Shai and I were talking and we're like, okay, a powerlifting meet, you can go do, you know, you warm up, you do your three attempts of squat and then you have maybe an hour or more to like relax, eat some food and then you get ready for bench. Hunting is not like that. I mean, from the time that you leave your vehicle till the time you get back to your vehicle, you're constantly going, you're constantly thinking, you're constantly pushing yourself. There's not really a moment. I mean, when you stop to like get a drink or eat some snacks, you know, um, there's not really a moment that you rest. And there's no set plan. I can't, I can't tie, make the tie, but with the powerlifting meets, but to me, you got, you know, you got three on three on your bench, three on your squat. It's mapped out for you on a hunt. You, as soon as you step foot, what you thought was going to (laughs) happen typically isn't what's happening. Oh my God. We ended up on like plan Y Mm -hmm. (laughs) we sat down, we had plan A. And then as soon as we got out, it was like, okay, that changed. And then it's like, you take 10 steps and it changes again. Mm -hmm. So you're having to always adapt and adjust. It's just, it's intense. Yeah. But it's so much fun. But we love it. It is. It's just amazing. And, And I've been trying to, with doing the podcast and talking to people, I've been trying to put words to be able to explain what it means. And it's really hard because I... To yes. this point, I, I and I sit down almost nightly, um, and I try and and put it put it to words or verbalize it, and I just cannot do it. Absolutely no. cannot do it. There's so <laughs> no. much to it. Yeah, it's I I I understand that now after going through it. It's just you can't. There's literally no way to even put it into you know a few words or a phrase or anything of like what goes into it, what it means and, and everything. It's, it's too tough. <laughs> yeah. It's, but all in all, I mean, phenomenal is a word that I use constantly when oh, I talk about it. I think I used amazing. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was so lost for words. Like 
Mike at the end kind of put me on camera and he was like, yeah, you know, any last words, like a recap. And I was like, that was amazing. Like, (laughs) you know, you're so caught up in the moment. Like, how am I at that point supposed to like sit down and put my thoughts together? Like I, I just, I couldn't. I couldn't at all. I was just, that was amazing. I would challenge you to do that now. And I almost guarantee that you wouldn't be able to. (laughs) Probably not. Like I would just just be like, oh, it was just amazing. Yeah. It is (laughs) something else. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, um, conservation. So sportsman Alliance was involved in this and built a hunt does a phenomenal job with pushing conservation. Um, give us, give us your, take on the conservation aspect as a new hunter well what was really really cool for me um was the elk that i got she was um around probably like eight or nine so she was older um and she also had a um a collar on oh wow so yeah so we were actually able to um take that collar back but you know when we when we got to her she had some not very old wounds on her that looked like she had been attacked by a mountain lion. Um, so, you know, you're seeing these things and and she's an older cow and, you know, who knows if she would have even made it through that winter and she could have, you know, had a really hard time. Um, and so she lived a really good life. Um, the caller she had is going to be able to give Idaho fish and game, um, some really good information, on the animals that they have in their state. Um, so all in all, it kind of, it kind of came full circle and, and how we were able to do things and the information we're going to be able to get out. And it's not like we went out there and, um, you know, it was a young cow or anything like that, that had a lot of life to live and some more, you know, calves to provide. Um, you know, she was an older mature cow and, and she lived a great life um, and is going to provide a lot of information to them and a lot of meat to everyone involved. Did they indicate whether they would share that information or is that something you they guys will. asked? So when oh, we went oh, in, that'd be cool. yes. Yeah. So when we went in, uh, I believe we went on Friday. Um, we hunted on Thursday. We went in on Friday. Um, and the guy that usually gets all the information off of the callers was, um, not in that day. So I gave them, you know, all of my information and then when they get all that stuff off, they're going to actually email it over to me. Oh, that would That's be cool. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. You got yeah. one up on most people I know. Cause that man, I would, <laughs> I would love to have that when I, I harvested a bear a couple years ago and, uh, you know, you have to go and turn in a skull and a tooth here in California and they send you back a report on that animal. Um, yeah. And, and I thought that was great and it was just aging it and everything. But I can't yeah. imagine having a collar. You could see the migration and where they were oh, yeah. summering and wintering. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's going to be it'll be really cool to kind of see where she's been hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know if I asked it. But I will. Uh, projects, media, what to watch out for in 2019. Where can we see you, find you, powerlifting comps, coaching, any of that? So um, this year has not been scheduled out too much yet. Um, Instagram is like my main thing. So the punchy blonde on Instagram. Um, and then also once they get this film done, um, they're still in the process of figuring, you know, where it's going to go and everything, but built to hunt and I'll have a bunch of stuff on that. 
um, of where that's going to go. Um, so that'll be out. And then, um, kind of seeing, and I might be looking at possibly doing a powerlifting competition, um, in the fall. That's kind of what I'm looking at. I haven't fully figured out a date yet, but I'm like feeding for the platform. I haven't competed in, in a little over a year. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready to get back out there. And how do, how do you take on clients? So I do everything through Instagram, um, and then through email as well. So people are interested in, and I coach people who don't compete, um, and people who are just interested in getting stronger. Um, so you don't have to want to be a competitive power lifter to, to come to me. Um, so I do everything through my Instagram and through email as well. Um, my email is sjstrengths at gmail.com. Nice. Tony, you have any, yes. anything? That... Maybe just one question. So yes. since you started hunting, is your workouts going to change at all uh, to be more prepared for, for hunting? I would, um, I would go hiking a lot more, um, and kind of push myself through those hikes. Um, and then also just increasing my intensity through my conditioning training. Um, so like my, I'm working with a coach right now and he'll have me do like, like 10 minutes or 20 minutes, as many rounds as possible. So to me, I, I just want to keep pushing those rounds and, and, you know, making sure that I'm really getting my body in great shape. Nice. So the coach has a coach. <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually have two coaches. I have a nutrition coach and a lift coach so that actually kind of pulls us into another topic right because it's pretty important um so like i said our our first few episodes here have been about fitness and preparation for season and we've talked to jeff and he's kind of our resource and uh we talked to a uh young lady from oregon maddie i think i brought her up um and she's just at it every single day she was a college ball athlete now she's just a phenomenal hunter um we talked to a gentleman today before you um kyle he's a cpt but he is this crazy like zen guy when it comes to functional movement Um, yeah and just about everyone that we've talked to is getting information from someone else i was we were picking his brain about this rft thing they have it's raw functional training uh, which is like phenomenal so how important is it to you to progress as an athlete and a coach to have input from other coaches or mentors well anything that you learn you learn from someone else i mean you can have all the experience in the world, but somebody brought you to that point. So I know for me personally, like when I take it back to starting rodeo, like I would never have been at the level I was if it wasn't for my dad coaching me in college basketball. Like if it wasn't for the coaches and powerlifting, if I would have never had the coaches that I did, I would have never made it to the level that it was. And so to me, again, like we had talked about before is if you go try and do something on your own, it's going to be a lot more challenging than having that second set of eyes to really help you progress a lot faster. 
Cause I know for me, like if I'm starting to like peak for meat or something and I'm starting to feel weak or, you know, just different things are going wrong. I might not know how to adjust that, or I might think the problem is something different than it is, mm-hmm. but having a coach that can kind of step away from your mind, um, and just really see things for what they are. They're able to make adjustments, um, or give you technical help that maybe you weren't sure of. And then all those things that you learn from your coach, you're able to take that. And then other people, articles you read, YouTube, everything that you know, you're able to apply to yourself and also help to coach others as well. Yeah, because that's, I mean, with with social media and like you said, YouTube, you can jump on and say, okay, I got this now, right? Yeah. But you're but you're missing, but you're missing an element um, yeah. there, right? Uh, just that, that yeah. knowledge base that, that comes, I mean, most coaches, and well, you, you kind of qualified earlier, that knowledge base comes from actually doing. Yeah, well, and you see all these people like, I mean, I'm sure there's hunters or powerlifters, whatever it is, is, oh, I did my meet on my own and it was a success. Okay, well... Did you go on the internet and read articles? Did you go on YouTube and watch any videos? Did you read anything that anyone posted on social media? Technically, you gained your information from, from somewhere some, else. You right. did. Just because you went out there and did it on your own doesn't mean that you did it on your own. Right. So you're just cutting that learning curve down. Yeah. By absolutely. having a coach, being a coach, call Sammy Johnson. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, no, and, and I'm, you know, that's, you're laughing, but I'm serious. Cause I'm telling you, I trolled and I told you I trolled and I trolled pretty heavy. And I was, yeah. I was up until like, I don't know, two thirty three in the morning. And I read every single post, <laughs> every post you had on Instagram, every single one of them. I was, oh, I was that stuck. goes all the way back to like my first day of powerlifting. Yeah. I mean, it was, you, you're such a presence that you can't help. I just got the chills again. Um, that you can't help, but to I, you, Tony, you got to do it. Like I'm not, <laughs> he sees me right now. You don't see me and I'm not, <laughs> excuse my language. I'm not bullshitting you. I mean, I was, I couldn't go to bed. I was like, I'm sitting here. I'm going through this. This is amazing. Some of the messages and just the work ethic. It, it was just phenomenal. Um, I so, really, yeah, really appreciate no, it was, that. It was awesome. So to tie, to tie what, you guys did on the hunt that that brought it you know personal for me and then to go and and just see who you are um the best i could in social media i was like well this thing is coming full circle so easy and that's not yeah. an easy thing to do um you know with with people but yours i mean yeah you're awesome <laughs> i'm thank you <laughs> i'm i'm a forever fan <laughs> oh, i love it yeah. i love it you're awesome I'm, I'm super excited um that we're on the phone with you um awesome that you got your hunt and it was able to go down the way it was um, yeah. it was that was yeah. great so um i know we got on a little bit late because i don't know my my time zones <laughs> so we'll we'll wrap it up um but again i appreciate it um and i'm not playing your i'm a forever fan um i appreciate that and i can't wait to see the to see what built to hunt puts out on this video yeah it's gonna be amazing oh, me too. <clears throat> so we'll definitely We'll definitely be promoing that on our social and, and getting everybody's eyes on you. And um, if you want to drop your, your Instagram and your email again, that way, if anyone has any questions, they can get a hold of you and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah, for sure. So my Instagram is the punchy blonde 
And then my email is sjstrength at gmail.com. All right. Cool. Thank you very much for your time. We we yeah. greatly, greatly appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, we, we are we are the lucky ones here. Again, you can catch up with Sammy on Instagram at the Punchy Blonde and keep an eye out for her video on builttohunt.com. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.